G'day everybody and welcome to another episode of this marketing thing. Today's episode is lead on from last week's episode where we spoke about different types of markets, the health, wealth and relationship core markets. Today we're going to take more of a look into how to create those blue oceans. See you guys on the other side. Hi, my name's Kyle Macker and I've been a pilot in the aviation industry for half my life. So you may be asking, why am I doing this marketing thing, right? Well, I'm so passionate about aviation, flying a big jet, it's just awesome, there's nothing like it. However, I realised that being a pilot is nothing what it used to be, especially during COVID. If I wanted to live the life of my dreams on my terms, I was going to have to teach myself a new skill. So three years ago, I started my marketing journey. I dove deep into the marketing world. I dug into the books, psychology, persuasion, anything that would help with a person saying yes to a product or service. I love it. However, I have a big problem. It's all theoretical knowledge and I have no hands-on experience and I still have so many questions. The biggest thing that I know is if we want our businesses to stand out in a noisy marketplace, we have to become better marketers. The best marketer will always win. So follow me on my journey and hopefully along the way it can help you spark up a few ideas that I've learnt so you can implement in your business. So make sure you subscribe to my channel so you don't miss the latest episodes. And also if there's anything you want to know about, get in touch with me at thismarketingthing.com. So let's get into it. So guys, look, uh, sorry for this episode, the sound on this episode, there's a jackhammer downstairs and this mic that I use, it's a condenser mic, so it picks up all sorts of noises. So I've got to get a new mic, but um, that doesn't pick up these noises. But I'm super pumped about today's episode because it's talking about blue oceans. Now, there's not a lot of thought sort of in the market about creating blue oceans and I think about this stuff a lot like creating different blue oceans and markets and core markets and the people that are inside those markets now like you guys I'm new to this blue ocean type stuff and how to create blue oceans but that's what I want to go over today and talk about how to create a blue ocean niche and look I haven't created a blue ocean niche myself However, I've been researching and reading books into it, so let's get into it and uh, we'll have a bit of a look. So what you must do before creating a blue ocean from my research is that you really have to take a deep dive into the submarket. Find out what submarket are you in, in those three core main markets. So we've got the health, wealth and relationships as the core market. What sub-market do you fit into? So say for the health core market, the sub-market could be weight loss or it could be strength training. What sub-market do you fit into? Once you've identified that, you really have to now take a deep dive into that red ocean, that sub-market. It's not just a matter of skipping that and then creating a blue because if you just try and do that, you don't know if it's going to work. So you need to find out and research whether the market is actually going to want your new niche, your blue ocean that you're going to create. So that's going to take some research. Now, firstly, what you must remember is that the market is made up of buyers and sellers, not just buyers. And I remember when I first started out this entrepreneurial journey, I thought markets were just buyers. People buy stuff from markets. 
But really, that doesn't make sense because even if you think of in a real world example, like I go to the markets down here in Hong Kong and I buy my fresh fruit and veggies from them. Now, there's a lot of people getting around and there's people that are selling the products as well. So we have to analyze them as well. But firstly, the buyers. So let's have a look at them first. So the buyers, everyone in that market is at different stages of their buying journey or different stages in that market, if you like. So if you take an example, say from what I said before, the health market, and we said the strength training or the fat loss sub-market. So if I go with strength training, there's people in that market that have been doing it for years. They're big and buffed. They wouldn't dare miss a gym session. They are the diehards in that market. Now there's the people just probably below them that are, they go three times a week. They do it because they feel like they have to do something. They're not going to miss out going out for dinner or doing something that they think's more fun than going to gym. And lastly, the third type of person that is in this sub-market are the people that don't really like the vehicle that they're in, or in this example, strength training. They're not seeing the results that they first thought. They really thought that they'd be a lot further along the journey and having more success with this vehicle, i.e. strength training. I remember I did an episode about five to eight episodes ago and I talk about the transition curve and people start out really enthusiastic and really optimistic and then it comes down and at the bottom there's the stage stage three called the crisis of meaning. Now at that stage you'll either keep going and push through the curve and continue with this vehicle or the skill that you're learning or you'll crash and burn, you'll just stop. Now this third person, this person that's not completely sold on the idea of this vehicle, it's not really working for them, but they just haven't got another way to do it. Do you think these people might be the people that would like something new if they could find it or had it in front of them? Now if we do create a blue ocean niche out of this analysis that we're doing of the sub-market, after we've completed all the other research, these are people that we should be speaking to. These are the people that our sales message must match and line up with because these are the people that are going to be a lot easier to convince to come to our new blue ocean. So does your sub-market have the diehards, the half as I call them, and the new people that are entering the market that haven't been doing it for that long and are a little bit not completely sold on the idea and not really happy with the results. Does your market have them? Because if there's diehards, it shows that the market is probably full of people or has people in it that is irrationally passionate about the sub-market. Also, if new people are joining in the market, that means people are entering it. That means companies are going to be more likely to spend and invest their money to get those new people in. Is there new people entering the sub-market? Because if there's not, it's probably not a sub-market that you want to base your creation of a blue ocean niche off. 
An example would be like vinyl records or, or that industry. I don't even know what, what you'd call it. But does that industry have diehards? Yeah, there's diehards in that industry. But is new people being created in it? Are companies investing to get new people in it? No, probably not. Kodak cameras, the old film cameras, the magnetic strip film, I think that's what it was called. Are new customers being created? No. So I wouldn't go base my blue ocean niche off a declining submarket because your customers for your new blue ocean niche are going to come from the submarket. And all you will do is you'll throw your hooks into that submarket to attract them to, to your blue ocean niche. Now, hooks is a total different other episode on itself. That's a whole other chat. But for the moment, take away that your customers are going to come from your red ocean, the submarket. So if you bring or you start a niche that is declining, you're at a disadvantage right away. Okay, so now we've spoken about the buyers, but what about the sellers? As we spoke about previously, markets have buyers and sellers. So what about the sellers? Now, the first thing you want to look for in sellers is who is the category king? Now, if you can't find the category king, something's wrong. That's probably a declining sub-market. People are leaving the that category king has left the industry it's a bit like Kodak in the previous example I used they have left the camera industry now they're doing blockchain or was it stem cells I can't remember whatever it was but they've, they've left that magnetic film industry to go to another one so they have left that sub market so if you can't find a category king or they're on their way out same again declining sub market not a place you want to start your blue ocean niche off However, if you've found the category king and you've found other big competitors in that sub-market, then you can go and see what companies compete on or what ground are they fighting over and what does their customers, the buyers that we spoke about previously, value or what beliefs they have and feel they have to have met before they make purchases of products of companies in that sub-market. Now, an example of this would be the US wine industry back in the late 1990s. Now, the things that companies competed on or what customers believed that needed to be part of the offerings of companies were price per bottle of wine, an elite refined image or packaging, above-the-line marketing to raise consumer awareness in a crowded market, aging quality of wine, the prestige of a wine's vineyard, the complexity and the sophistication of the wine's taste, and a diverse range of wines to cover all varieties of grapes and consumer preferences from Chardonnay to Merlot and so on. Now that's come from the Blue Ocean Strategy, the book that I referenced last week. And what they actually do is they call this whole exercise a strategy canvas. Now basically, it's a graphical representation of what companies compete on. So on the vertical axis, there's low to high, and a high score means that the company offers the buyers more. 
Now on the horizontal axis are those variables that I listed before. So aging quality, wine complexity, all on the bottom. Now they go through and they pinpoint for each variable where is the product offering. So is it low price for budget wines? For premium wines it's quite high. Aging quality is quite low for budget wines. The premium wines have quite a high offering. So they go through and they give a graphical representation. And they call the curve that's created or the line, if you like, on the graph, the value curve. Now in this example in the book, they talk about an Australian wine company called Casella Wines and they speak about when they entered the US winery market. They completely redefined the strategy canvas or the value curve if you like and what they found is that customers a lot of them they created an alternative for them to drink wine because there wasn't a lot of wine drinkers in America at that stage because a lot of them didn't really understand it so in the strategy canvas on the value curve they decreased the aging quality they decreased the wine complexity and they made it really simple for customers to for new customers to enter that market or they created their blue ocean because they were able to give an alternative they made their competitors irrelevant because they created their own blue ocean they had changed the things in that industry that other companies were competing on and what they thought were important but what they actually found is that people didn't care about as many factors as what these companies were competing on over. So how did Casella Wines or Yellowtail as we probably know it in a bottle shop, how did they get to that? How did they know what points or what variables in that companies compete over, how did they know which ones to take out, which ones did they know to increase or decrease? But they started by asking themselves four questions. Now, here are the questions that they ask themselves. Which of the factors of that industry takes for granted should be eliminated? Secondly, which factors should be reduced well below the industry standard? Thirdly, which factors should be raised well above the industry standard? And then fourthly, which factors should be created that the industry has never offered? So for example, in the Yellowtail example, they wanted to eliminate aging qualities. They didn't think that was important. Above the line marketing, they didn't think that was important. They also eliminated the terminology and distinctions on the bottles and the, you know, the, that whiny thing that whiny drinkers drink and oh, it's this beautiful, I, I never got it, but they eliminated that out of the Yellowtail model. What did they raise up? They raise up the price versus budget wines, retail store involvement. They reduced wine complexity, wine range and vineyard prestige. And then they created easy drinking, ease of selection. There was only two that you could select from, from Yellowtail. It's Yellowtail and I think there's a Redtail now, I think. And fun and adventure. So that's the things they created. And then they reduced or raised different things on that value curve to come up with their blue ocean. So can you go into your industry or your sub-market 
and look at what does the category king and its competitors compete on? And then can you draw your own strategy canvas up and see what the value curve is in your industry? And then can you go and eliminate? Can you raise up, reduce and create different things in that industry to set yourself apart, to create your own blue ocean? So anyway, guys, look, I'm going to leave it there as a general overarching strategy on how to create a blue ocean, because frankly, we could go on for hours talking about how to create a blue ocean. And look, there's way more that goes into it than that. The other next thing you'd probably go into and look at what platforms are people consuming content in that sub market? Because that's where you're going to generate interest in your new blue ocean. That's where you're going to throw your hooks and release all your content into that sub-market to draw them into your new Blue Ocean niche. And if it gives you something to even just think about or maybe even do a strategy canvas and see where you sit in that sub-market, then look, I've done my job. And what you've got to remember, it's a really hard thing to do. And look, very few companies go out and create a true Blue Ocean. So anyway, guys, I'll catch you later. Don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I've got a Facebook group, This Marketing Thing. Love to have you in. We talk a lot about this sort of stuff and different markets and people in markets. Come and join us. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. If you want to get a hold of me, I'd love to hear from you at thismarketingthing.com. Until next time, see you later.